Hi, I'm Kelsa Dickey, the CEO of the Financial Coach Academy and my financial coaching business, Fiscal Fitness Phoenix. My coaching journey began more than a decade ago with me helping people for free from my dining room table. What was once a little business of mine has grown into a seven-figure company that employs a team of people. My goal is simple, to help you fall more and more in love with financial coaching. I believe financial coaching is the most rewarding way to make a living. If you are an aspiring financial coach or have been coaching for years, I'm here to help you create a business you love that gets your clients massive results. Let's get to it. Hey, Financial Coach, kicking off episode 11, we're going to talk today about why niching down is so scary. Uh, There are very specific hurdles and obstacles that coaches face when niching down. And in this episode, we are going to talk about each one and hopefully provide you with some reframes so that you can feel more confident in this area of your business and not shy away from leaning in to specifying who you want to serve. Before we dive into those, just a reminder, niching down is identifying a smaller segment of your audience to target so that you can deliver a more specific offering that speaks to them directly, as opposed to a general offer that reaches a larger audience. And it's really all about specializing, okay? So what is the biggest objection that I hear? The number one biggest hurdle coaches face is the following. I don't want to turn anyone away. Chances are we all got into this work because we want to help people, and we would love to help as many people as possible. I hear that, and I feel that, I promise. You will still have people who want to work with you outside of your niche. Niching down does not mean you're excluding anybody. If someone comes to you and they want to work with you, you can still say yes, right? Just yesterday, one of the coaches in the mastermind Uh, who helps creative businesses. So people who are in business in a creative space, she had a handyman come over to her house and do some work. And he asked what she does. And after she replied, he said, oh my God, I need your help. Can you help me too? And she, I think, sort of gave a general answer, wasn't sure what to say and came into the mastermind. And we do a lot of real time coaching. So she asked the question and then typically I'll go live back or something like that. And so she asked, like, should I refer that out or can I help him? And I was like, do you think you can help him? And she was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, then say yes. Right. So niching down is not meant to exclude anybody. It's meant to help you hone your craft and lean into a very specific type of person in all of your marketing and when you're designing things. But that doesn't mean if there's somebody outside of that niche that you can also help who you could fit into that design in those programs, absolutely say yes and be willing to help them too. The idea is that niching down helps you craft your message, but other people can and will still resonate with that message. Athletes, for example, we have people reach out to us all the time. Our messaging on our website talks a lot about the athlete's mindset and how you feel as an athlete and that kind of thing. And we have people reach out all the time. They are not currently an athlete, but they were at some point. Maybe they played sports in high school or in college and it's been 25 years, but they still get it, right? Like it still speaks to them. All right. And then one thing to keep in mind is that when you speak to everyone, you speak to no one. So when you're trying to talk to everyone, it's not actually speaking to any one person. And just recently, um, we had a client who has been a longtime client. Uh, She is a bodybuilder, and she had a friend of hers 
asking questions about what is she doing? And she wanted to set some goals for the new year with her money and that kind of thing. And so our client gave her friend our information, right? So her friend went and looked at our website and then she called us and she said, I see that you help athletes. And I know you helped my friend who's a bodybuilder, but would you be willing to help me too? And we said, absolutely. Yes. And the idea is that she actually felt like she was getting something special, right? Or that we were making an exception for her. And so it actually made her feel really good about that. And we were able to help her. We're onboarding her right now. And this just happened recently. So I want you to know, I can speak firsthand to the fact that like, it won't necessarily turn people away. Some people will absolutely still reach out to you and ask if you can help them too. One of the questions we get all the time, because we have a lot of pink in our branding. Pink is just one of my favorite colors. That's There really wasn't much more thought put into it than that. It's like, I just like pink. So that is why we use a lot of pink in our branding. And sometimes a person will say, do you, um, so are most of your clients women? And our clients are about 50-50 men and women. And it's the, the people who are attracted to us don't care that we like pink. That doesn't mean anything about whether or not we can help them, right? And so just keep in mind that like the way we interpret things is not always the way it's going to be interpreted on the receiving end as well. Now, the second hurdle or objection that most coaches will say is, I'm going to exclude a lot of people if I do this, right? And you are simply describing the things that you hear most often from your favorite clients. That is what we do in our marketing. We're going to use the words that our most favorite clients say on a regular basis, and we're going to put those in our marketing. We're going to share those things, right? If someone isn't resonating with those things, that's not you doing that. That's not you excluding them. That is their feelings and thoughts about it. And we want to let them know that that is okay, right? There's nothing wrong with them saying that's not really for me. All right. We actually want them to know that before they hire you, before they're invested in a program. Okay. Another hurdle that some coaches face when they are attempting to niche down is the following. I am running away from my past and I don't want to have anything to do with it. So this oftentimes comes up from uh, niching down uh, in regard to your profession or an industry that maybe you come from for work. And I do understand this. I get this. I came from corporate America, um, corporate accounting specifically. That was my career for a number of years. And when I left, I wanted nothing to do with it. In fact, I actually had to detox from it a little bit. Um, I remember going to lunch probably two months after I had left with an old coworker. And I found myself still saying like, how did we do with blank? Or how did we handle X? I, like I was still saying we, because I was still so connected to it. And I could feel the weight of sort of the politics and the drama of that, you know, the office place and everything for a very long time afterwards. And so the last thing that I wanted was to really do anything with that. You know, and so you may feel the same way. I have seen this happen most often with nurses, attorneys, police officers, you know, maybe high stress professions. Uh, that's really where it can tend to come from oftentimes. Sometimes we feel like if, if this is how you feel, like I don't want to have anything to do with that, even though I speak the language and I understand what they're experiencing and I understand the unique challenges that a particular profession will face around money and around time and all those types of things. I don't want to have anything to do with it. Sometimes this comes from the place of it's hard to create a new identity for ourselves, right? We're trying to adopt a new identity as a financial coach and as an entrepreneur, and we're now a business owner and that kind of thing. When we feel like we're holding on to our old one, 
And so we do a bit of a clean cut initially. It just is, feels easier sometimes. But I want to give you permission to not shy away from this for too long. Uh, sometimes you'll find yourself going back to what you used to do because you get it. You speak the language. You know those unique challenges and the culture of what that person is experiencing on a regular basis, both the good and the bad, right? And what I want to invite you to do is try to appreciate it for what it can be, even if you're aware of some of the toxic aspects of that because you were in it, right? Once you are more removed from that, you're actually in a beautiful position to help the people who are still in it, right? Because you can speak to it more clearly and with more insight than what they can maybe see because they're still so close to it, okay? But it doesn't feel so maybe emotionally triggering or so raw for you, all right? So I just want, if you are going to go away from it for a while, just maybe revisit every once in a while and see if that's not a profession that you wouldn't mind niching down into. Now, another obstacle that coaches will face is, well, I don't want to limit myself. And I need you to hear me loud and clear on this one. Niching down, I promise you, is the most liberating and freeing thing that you can do for yourself in business. It is not a limitation. It is the opposite of limiting. It unlocks your creativity and helps you to focus your efforts and energy in a way that you just won't believe until you experience it. I promise. It unleashes your confidence because you are now a specialist, right? I don't need to try and know all of the financial concepts that are out there. I just need to know the ones that matter most to my clients, and I can get really knowledgeable at those things. You are the perfect coach for certain people. You know it and they know it, and that boosts your self-esteem relatively quickly. You are not limiting yourself by niching down. You're actually limiting yourself by not niching down. The next hesitation that coaches face is, what if I'm wrong? What if I pick the wrong niche? What if I niche down and I don't love it and I want to do something different later? You can change it. You actually will change it. Uh, I wish I could tell you that you wouldn't. I wish I could tell you that you're going to get it right the first time. Um, but fear of getting it wrong is keeping you stuck. And it's not worth it. If you get it wrong, you will. You'll learn something new and you'll, you'll course correct. You can trust yourself to navigate that just fine. Trust that if you want to change your niche later, you can and you will, right? Like you can navigate that. You'll figure it out. We have refined our niche many times over the last 14 years. And oftentimes that is sort of what happens is where you sort of cast a wide net and you start to narrow it down. And then you might sort of like find a new way of talking to that niche. I'm going to expand on this in the next episode about kind of like expanding and contracting your niche because oftentimes that's sort of how we go about refining it. Um, but one quick question to ask yourself if you feel like, I, what if I get this wrong, is how often am I holding myself back because I have a fear of getting something wrong? You can also ask yourself, but what if I'm right? What if I get this perfectly right? What if I love this? What if Kelsa is right and all of those benefits, my creativity is unleashed, my confidence is unlocked, all of those things, what if that's what happens, right? Because that is what will happen and it's going to be amazing. Even if you don't love the initial niche, it is going to give you perspective. It's going to help you know where to course correct. It's going to be insightful. It's not going to be 100% wrong. 
We're just going to need to refine it and pivot slightly here and there throughout the journey. Okay. In the next episode, I'm actually going to give you the process of niching down because it is not a linear journey. Okay. And oftentimes as financial coaches, that's what we want. We want a calculation or a formula that balances and ties perfectly. We want to know what is the exact way that I can do this that is going to guarantee me the perfect result. And welcome to entrepreneurship because that doesn't exist oftentimes. And the process of niching down is one of those things. It's a journey and a process. And I want you to be taking the first step. The next hesitation that coaches often face with niching down is I want to help everyone. Similar to one of the ones that we said initially, but a little different, which is like, no, like I understand the concept of niching down, but truly I just want to help everyone, right? Like this is more of like a feeling that you have. And you can help everyone by staying in your lane and by being really good at who you help and surrounding yourself with others who help the people that you aren't best equipped to help. You want to surround yourself with people who help others in the way that you help a specific person, right? By helping everyone, you don't have to be the one providing the help or the one doing the coaching. You can help someone by referring them to somebody who is the perfect fit for them, right? You can help everyone by focusing on who you help and getting them bomb diggity results so that all of their friends and family see what they're up to and then they ask for help too. And whether that is the perfect fit for you or the perfect fit for another coach, at the end of the day, getting people's results is what demonstrates to everybody that change is possible for them too, right? And that's what we're trying to create is that ripple effect. And I don't mean just good results, but amazing results. And that is one benefit that comes from niching down is that you go from being a good coach to an amazing coach for a select group of people, and you are going to get them amazing results. If you have to reinvent the wheel for every client that comes to you for help, you're going to be figuring things out as the client is figuring things out. And that's okay. And oftentimes that's exactly where we start as financial coaches and when we're all starting out. But five, six, seven years in, you do not want to be doing it that way, right? Like every time a client comes to us now, chances are I have seen the majority of what they're experiencing probably a handful of times with other clients. Like I know if I ask this question or if we navigate this or we try this, what three of the potential outcomes are. And so I can prepare that client for that ahead of time, right? We can talk through those things in advance. I'm not navigating those lessons real time with the client anymore, right? I certainly was at first and there is nothing wrong with starting there, but you're trying to, you know, make the strategies and the decisions today that are going to serve you for the long term because you want to be helping people for a long time, right? And here's one of the other aspects of this. The longer you are in business, the more people you're going to help. So we want to design a business that you love with helping people that you love, right? That way you can do it for a really long time. Trying to help a whole bunch of people creates imposter syndrome. It makes the work a lot harder because you're recreating systems for every single client you take on. The work feels harder and the payoff feels smaller, which means the likelihood that you could reach burnout sooner is greater. And we want to try and avoid that, right? That way you're in business for a long time and the number of people you help just keeps growing and growing. 
You can also help everyone by showing other coaches how to specialize so that they know it's possible for them too. Meaning that there is now another coach who is specializing just like you are. They're helping an entirely different group of people than you are possibly. And that is a really beautiful thing. I think this conversation oftentimes comes back to, um, it's like about scarcity versus an abundance mindset, in my opinion. So I just want to speak to that for just a second. I know when I first started financial coaching uh, 14 years ago now, there literally were no other financial coaches. Like I didn't know another one. And I truly felt like if I didn't help this person, there was no one else who could help them. And now I feel the exact opposite. And I love that. Like excluding people isn't me abandoning them which is the scarcity mindset, right? I feel like if I don't help them, I'm abandoning them. That's scarcity. Excluding people in my messaging is freeing them up now to find the coach who is the perfect fit for them, which is abundance, right? I want a client to have a beautiful, positive experience around their financial change. I want that journey to be as amazing for them as possible. And I know there are some clients who won't experience that with me as their coach. My clients who I'm perfect for will absolutely experience that. But some clients, they're perfect for another coach who's going to give them that, right? And by me honing my craft and owning who I'm best for, I am allowing that client to find the right fit for them, okay? Uh, And I'm so happy to say that you know, it's not the case anymore that there's no other financial coaches. I love the fact that there are more and more people calling themselves financial coaches who are in a position to help. And the more coaches who specialize, the more I can feel even more confident um, serving my niche. Because when someone comes to me who I maybe don't feel best for, chances are I am able to find them another coach who is the perfect fit for them. And that is so freeing. So I know I talk a lot in some of my other videos around the future of our profession and how I think the decisions we make all contribute to the way financial coaches in general are perceived and where our profession goes in the future because we are at the infancy of it. And I believe this is one way that each of us can influence in a positive way uh, the future of our profession by creating specialists and by honing our craft and speaking to certain people and by being honest and being humble and saying, I would love to help you, but I don't think I'm the best fit for you. But you know what? This other coach over here is, and nothing matters more to me than you experiencing the change and the shifts that you want to experience. And so I'm going to refer you to this other person. And I think it comes down to collaboration over competition more than anything. And specializing is absolutely one way to encourage that. Uh, I believe by knowing and owning who I can help the best who I am the best for as a coach, I am allowing others to do the same and I hope you feel similarly. I know it's scary and I can relate to each and every one of these fears because I have had them too, I promise. But that is why I want to end this episode with a little pivot. I wanna paint a picture of what it feels like to niche down because the benefits far outweigh the fears and the challenges that we have touched on in this episode. And I don't want to just sit with these yucky fears and hesitations, all right? So what is the energy like when you are coaching those in your niche versus when you're coaching those who maybe it's a bit misaligned, okay? 
I know that sometimes I'm better for some clients than others. And I think a long time ago, it used to be hard for me to admit that. I, I, you know, you want to be great for everybody. You want to say that, no, I'm always on my A game. I always bring my A game for every client. I'm always going to give it my all. And the reality is, is that I know that if I am excited about a particular client, either just the way we communicate, the way we jive together, their goals and like their enthusiasm for their goals. I don't even have to want their goals for myself, but if I can see their enthusiasm for their goals, then I get so excited. And I know when that happens, I cannot help but think about that client and their struggles and their challenges and coming up with solutions for them in between sessions. I honestly think one of the biggest benefits of hiring a coach, but particularly hiring a coach that is, you know, perfect for you, where you are their ideal client and that kind of thing, is that you are investing in their brain power, right? My mind is my greatest asset. I believe yours is too. And if my mind in between coaching sessions is working on a client's problem for them, that is a massive benefit to that client. And it's something that I can't even place a value on, right? It is, it is limitless in how valuable that is for that client. And I am more likely to do that when it is my ideal client when I love working with that person, right? And I feel like they love working with me too. And it's just this synergy, right? My creativity, my problem solving, my mental energy goes towards clients that I am excited to work with more so than clients that I'm not excited to work with. And I think it's okay for us to admit that. And I think it's okay for us to own that and then pivot towards a niche so that we can experience it on a routine, regular basis. Niching down is my way of creating that dynamic with a client, creating that bold relationship where we're both able to thrive even more. Another benefit of niching down is looking forward to every day. Even when I look at my calendar and I see back-to-back meetings, right? We're, we're going to talk about in future episodes, like how to structure your day because there's a little bit of, I mean, there's so many options on how you do this. I personally prefer to stack my appointments. I like to have long coaching days. You may prefer to have like two coaching sessions a day for more days. I tend to prefer long coaching days. It's really personal preference. We're going to talk about the variety of options you have in a future episode. But sometimes I'll look at my schedule and I'll say, 10 one-hour coaching sessions back-to-back, and I look at those names and I get excited about every single one of them. Another benefit of niching down, I end the day with more energy than I started, even on a day like that. Even on a day where there's sort of like emotional effort going into it and creativity and brainstorming and problem solving and all of that, I can do that for 10 hours, but the conversations were so fulfilling that I end the day with more energy than I started it. Uh, I also think you're able to put less effort into planning and researching because you know the niche like the back of your hand after a while. You can anticipate what's coming and how to navigate it, like just like I was speaking about earlier. And so I don't need to do a ton of research anymore. I don't have to spend a ton of time planning. My time is better leveraged. And if you think about this, if I have to spend an hour every week researching and planning and thinking about different clients and how I'm, you know, what their options are and that kind of thing, that is an hour a week that I'm not in a client session helping a client, right? And so I'm able to leverage my time even better and help more people. 
Your marketing is easier and it feels more authentic because you can speak to someone's desires and fears more effortlessly. It's just who you are and what you know. I walk into a fitness conference and I feel like I belong there, right? Like I'm there to talk about what I do and to serve them and make offers for people to work with me and do some selling and that kind of thing. And I'm just there to enjoy myself too, right? So it fits so much more easily. You also don't feel like a fraud or like you're making things up. There's no faking it when you've niched down. You don't have to try and be someone you're not. Who you are is enough. And all of your experiences were for a reason. Even if you shy away from a past profession for a while, one of the things we hear all the time when a, when a coach has niched down to an old career, like an old job or an old title, they often, it sort of makes everything come full circle for them. They're kind of like, I know why that I experienced that struggle now, because now I can help people through it, right? And so it sort of gives your whole life purpose in a way when you niche down. And I know that sounds a little woo-woo, but it's true, I promise. As uh, you can also embody everything better. And I think fitness is a really good example. I don't really compartmentalize who I am as a business owner or a coach for my everyday life. I love fitness personally. Uh, everything I do then, my life, me going to the gym and sharing training videos and workout videos, it's I can share just who I am and my audience resonates with it. Um, and because of that, I find inspiration truly everywhere for my clients. The things I face with fitness, I think about my clients and their money all of the time because it's it's more of an embodiment, right? It's not, we're not faking it and that kind of thing. Uh, so as a result of all of these things, that's why you can find inspiration everywhere. So I wanted to end with that because I think it's a much more positive perspective of just how amazing it can feel to overcome the hesitations and the hurdles that I know you might be experiencing. That brings us to the reflection question for this episode. I like to give you things to ponder as you know, or some things to simply consider for yourself. Coaching is all about applying what we're learning, doing something about what we know, and reflecting on a topic and gaining clarity on what that means for you is action. Please share your thoughts with me either on the uh, YouTube video as a comment or on Instagram at Financial Coach Academy. And I would love to hear from you. We read all of your messages or you can tag us in your stories with your answers. This one is more of an affirmation. But again, you can absolutely post this on your social media. Uh, and I think it would be really beautiful for your followers to read it. Here's the affirmation that I want you to read to yourself every day for the next week until our next episode comes out. Here's the affirmation, and I'll say it twice. My life experiences have prepared me to be the perfect financial coach for the clients I serve. My life experiences have prepared me to be the perfect financial coach for the clients I serve. Repeat that affirmation to yourself every day for the next week. And please share with me any takeaways that you have. As a result, I would love to hear them. I believe financial coaching is the best and most rewarding way to make a living. I truly love what I do. If you're ready to learn and see how to become a profitable, successful financial coach, check us out at financialcoachacademy.com to learn more about our online courses, our free trainings, and all of our events that we've got coming up for the new year. We're super excited. As always, I love hearing from you. If you have any questions for the podcast, submit them at financialcoachacademy.com forward slash podcast. And if you love this podcast, 
podcast, please, please, please subscribe and leave us a review. It would mean the world to me. I will see you next week. I'm going to walk you through exactly how to niche down in the next episode. Thank you.